Well, hey there, all you DC Comics news fans, DC Comics fans, fans of comics, fans of lists, fans of podcasts, and maybe even fans of this podcast. Which podcast, you might ask? Well, let's go ahead and make it easy on you. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is episode number 84. I can tell you this with a certain degree of confidence because I'm your host, Seth Singleton. And tonight, we're trying something a little different, or this afternoon, or this morning, whatever time of day you're listening. A little chilly out where I am. We've got a fire roaring in the background, and it seemed like a nice little seasonal treat to keep in mind as we enter the long, and for some, even longer winter. If that's you, well, enjoy those flames, the crackle of the fire and the logs, and sit back and enjoy with me my top five picks this week, just like every week, here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. If you're new, quick little recap. We usually knock out my first two choices, take a quick ad break, dive into my final three. At the end, I tell you all the ways to get to know us and look forward to hearing more from you about everything we talk about today. Without any further ado, kicking things off on this list, with my first choice, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Written by Steve Orlando, with art by Mike Perkins, colors by Andy Troy, letters by ALW's Troy Pateri, an amazing cover by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Now, it's easy to say things like amazing this, amazing that, great. And it can be something entirely else to mean it. This is some really gorgeous stuff here, starting with this beautiful cover with the original Flash, Mr. Jay Garrick, strewn on the floor, a veritable cavalry of Justice Society team members in the background, watching, waiting, as the Green Lantern, known as Mr. Alan Scott, raises an inflamed green staff, and in the process, makes a deal with the devil. Now the interesting thing about this dark multiverse tale, like so many others that have preceded it, is the way that it looks at the moments in history. The way I've heard it once described so well, great writers, great storytellers, have this ability to look back, find a moment, and then offer an insight or a suggestion or even just a left when we know there should be a right. What can transpire afterwards? Well, that has been the discovery and the research behind Tempest Fugonaut, he who stands as a guardian between the positive matter worlds and the dark matter worlds that make up the dark multiverse the twisted versions of the worlds that we have become so familiar with and accustomed to, and the changes that are wrought on worlds where the decision is so very different from what we know. I love this really great twist to suggest what would happen if it was the Justice League who had been sent to fight a never-ending battle against the Norse gods. And what if they fell and it was the Justice Society from Earth 2? suddenly caught in a position where they are the new heroes on a new earth, fighting for the end of the world and the chance to save their new adopted homeworld. 
it's a haunting and powerful journey into all of the twists that one decision might make and it's powerful to watch i mean granted if you're a fan of any of the tom taylor works dealing with uh, deceased and so many other examples of bad things happening to good heroes well this is a perfect tale for you it's terrifying to watch the justice society torn to smithereens by surter and instead of the all-star squadron as they're so well known in their modern incarnation there was this feeling of hope with them in the all-star squadron special that told the, the story of where they were and what they were doing but there is no resurrection in this version they're not in an immortal land. And when the Justice League no longer able to rise, it's the Justice Society who fight for the Earth, a ravaged place that Surtur is raucously and triumphantly destroying. And because of that, what we end up with is this heartrending tale of sacrifice and passion and belief and dream and hope and the heartache when so much as possible doesn't come true doesn't come to fruition and we have to watch some really horrible things happen to some great heroes there's tragedy nobility a bit of twisted comedic horror and through it all a series of twists and turns that feel like tumbling down the side of a ravine bouncing from object and impalement and an obstacle until finally there is only one or two life-altering decisions to be made before potentially a final fall it's so difficult to watch such a noble and proud character like alan scott reach the point where he must beg the life of a friend from a foe and make a horrible decision but like so many of these other great tales from the dark multiverse stories, what I really love about this is how it introduces an idea that could come to reality in an upcoming culmination of the stories that we have enjoyed so far and might also give us new characters to enjoy in versions of these stories set in their worlds at some point in the future. I have this feeling. I don't know what it's leading to, but right now, it's just shared as a feeling. That's my first choice. A really great pick, loaded with wonderful story, stunning art, colors that are both rich, vibrant, but also tainted by this weird shadow that the dark multiverse seems to cast upon everything. And through it, a haunting story of an impossibility that should never have come true. And yet, because it did, we are gifted with another possibility. One that is heartbreaking in its inspiration and a reminder that sometimes battles that are fought cost more than we ever could have imagined. That's my first pick, which means it's time for my second. Now, after a great five out of five pick like that, it's almost easy to forget that there are planes soaring by, echoing in the distance, travelers still in need. 
going to those who they might help, whether it's first responders and for all you out there doing that, thank you. Or those who are there to support loved ones, family, friends, whatever the mission, whatever the journey, it's a reminder that when we can, we are part of that journey and when possible, we're able to step back, either support or be reminded of other great journeys. So how do you follow up a great five out of five pick? Like my first choice, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Well, you get about as wild and expansive as humanly possible with an amazing book that I have enjoyed featuring here on the Spinner Rack and hope I have not revealed any personal subjectivity. My goal is to try and be as objective as possible. On numerous occasions, I will leave out great titles I know and love simply to make sure that I am giving a fair shake to titles that might not have the same impact on me, but should be recognized for what I feel are great moments in comic storytelling, comic art, or other characteristics of comic books that I really think should always be celebrated. And with that, I am happy to return to my joy at this great little experience that I have loved, known as The Green Lantern, Season 2. Now I'm looking at issue number 10, and there's a train in the background, which to me is always saying, don't let this book slip by, which is that feeling I have so often when you come across a great book, and if you're not already collecting it, the question now is, how do I get it in trades? Can I track down all the back issues? Thankfully, when it comes to Green Lantern Season 2, I don't have to worry quite so much. In this issue of Green Lantern Season 2, number 10, we are greeted by the combined might, the wonder, and the glory that has been my joy with this series. And that is the amazing collaboration between writer Grant Morrison and art, color, and cover artist Liam Sharp with Steve Wands offering up the lettering and the variant cover by I.G. Jones. It's eye candy with all the sparkles, glitter, and glisten befit this wintry holiday. Now... The story isn't quite so festive, depending on how, of course, you look at festive. However, when it comes to something called the Golden Destroyer, otherwise affectionately known as Zundernell, what are you really talking about? The end of the world, the end of the season, or the end of all reality? Thankfully, of the two Hal Jordans, Green Lanterns, and the two Star Sapphires, although who's a lantern and who's a Jordan and who's a Ferris is a discovery I think you should enjoy for yourself in this issue. Their connection and collaboration to not only stop the Zundernell, but also make some sense of everything that's happening around them, how it is they've crossed into different worlds, why Batman is such a mysterious Batwoman on this earth, and why Miss Terrific is really smart, brilliant, original, and a true joy. Now, keep in mind, one of the things I've really loved about Green Lantern is the fact that it tells this wonderfully mythic fantasy that's both magical and sci-fi with fantasy all at the same time, all taking in the best parts of 
the Green Lantern legacy, history, mythology, and then twisting it up with larger, lesser known, somewhat esoteric, somewhat familiar concepts, bringing them to life in multiple dimensions, and then wrapping them in the gorgeous colors, style, lines, and culminative art of Mr. Leon Sharp. It gets pretty wild. It's a lot of fun. And sometimes it's worth it just to turn the pages and enjoy the beautiful colors. But there's art and then there's story. And together, they are a wonderful treat. They are what happens when brilliant minds bring about the impossible and make it look so enticing. You've already suspended your disbelief. Now the only question is, how much more can you handle before you're craving? And sometimes that can get a little intense. Now that's not just bumping around like bump in the night, but it is a reminder that one of the best things about this series is the way it began last issue with the procedural courtroom scenario and returns to that same scenario at the end of this issue with a very interesting portrayal of heroes and responsibility in the story of Hyperman, wife trying to protect her spouse, the madness of a space version of methamphetamine and the very intriguing result that should not be spoiled, should be treasured, should be experienced by either every fan or every curious reader. What I will say is this issue of Green Lantern is really nearly quite perfect and I can honestly say there are more than a few issues in this series that fit that description, which is why it's so much fun to talk about them and to know that no matter how much I do, there's still so much I haven't even tapped or even scratched the surface of that you, reader, will, I believe, certainly enjoy, especially if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. With that, that's my second 5 out of 5 pick for this week's episode. It means it's time for the almighty ad break. We're going to go ahead and step away, let our good friend Mr. Josh Rayner fill you in on all the great things going on here at DC Comics News. I do know he would want me to remind you that if you haven't heard about it yet, to so check out Inside Editions, where DCNEWS5 will get you 35% off site-wide and inside editions. All you have to do is type in that code when you're ordering and whatever is there for you to discover and put in your shopping cart will be substantially cheaper before you finish checking out. I'm sure if it's not in the ads, that little teaser alone might be enough to send you running off to your computer after you have, please come on back so we can wrap up my third, fourth, and fifth choices. We'll be right back with the Spinner Rack. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from 
all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site wide by using the code DC News 35. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast here every week to talk everything DC movies TV comics and everything in between but don't just take my word for it here are a couple of our sponsors listen to the DC Comics News podcast it's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers.
picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be That's talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't. Want- God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, you're back on the spinner rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is episode number 84. We already wrapped up our first two choices before that delicious ad break, filling you in on all the great things to keep you coming back to hear just what else might be in store. Now that that's out of the way, we're going to go ahead and pick things up with my third, fourth, and fifth choices for this episode. We're going to keep it light, get a little darker, and then end up and potentially our darkest place yet. Amethyst number six is my third choice for this week's episode, the final chapter in a six-issue mini. A really, a really impressive story and art by Amy Reader. If you hear that crackly noise in the background, remember this is our fireside edition. I'm not saying it was inspired by FDR. I'm not saying it wasn't, but there's a crackling of the fire in the background. That's just a little cozy element to bring you in. And with a lighthearted story like Amethyst, who doesn't enjoy? A little coziness from the flames. Amy Reader has changed the concept of Amethyst in my mind from an sort of out of reach comic from the 80s that I knew of and felt was always more mature than anything I could 
aspire to at the young age when I became aware of it. And then I never went back. And when this new version came out and I read the first pages, I realized that this was a completely different viewpoint on the story and characters that had been developed so far that were part of the canon. And Amy Reader has done a wonderful job of taking a very open and modern look at this character. Her story and art are brought to light and life with colors by Marissa Louise, letters by Gabriella Downey, and a really fun cover that's a bit magical, mysterious, and sort of surreal by Amy Reader. There is a number of things going on. First, there's the fact that Amethyst has lost the physical form of her kingdom and is face-to-face with her greatest nemesis, Lord Opal. But she has gotten this far on the realization that not only what she thought she knew should be questioned and what she believed she was seeing should be viewed from more than one perspective. And that in doing so, that means listening to the honesty of friends, trusting their guidance and their opinions, and then in turn, recognizing how it is you can do more and be more than just what you thought you were supposed to. And maybe along the way, be in return a great friend, a better leader, a more understanding and responsible daughter and heir to the throne. And I think we've set a really great stage for future stories for Amethyst. I think that Amy Reader has really questioned so much of what was assumed prior to this series. And that along the way, things that might have been out of reach for the writers and storytellers at the time because they were unaccepted or too worn down by tropes or stereotypes have been altered with the recognition that we know more than we used to about chemicals, about stones, about the way energy is created and shaped and used. And in doing so, a little bit of knowledge could really go a long way for our heroine Amethyst. The way it's used here in this story, I think, creates a great foundation for future stories, another series, and some really interesting character growth for Amethyst, whether it's by Amy Reader, which I think it should be, or by someone else who comes along to take the baton and take this series to its next stage of growth and evolution. What we've had in Amethyst has been the growth of a somewhat unaware, relatively spoiled, and for the most part, a princess who hadn't really earned the rights that she had so confidently taken as her own. Now she's doing the work and having gone through one stage of it, I think she's a better person, a better character, more importantly, a better leader. And what else she could be better at, I think should be part of the stories that we get to enjoy more from Amethyst. 
That's my third choice. That's my five out of five pick. I stand by it. I can't wait to hear any thoughts you might have on whether I'm right or wrong. Stay tuned for the end for all those ways. Crackling fire in the background just means we're getting closer to the end of this episode. As it continues to die down, the cracks, the sparks will fly. and We'll get the chance to watch the shadows grow a little bit longer. And it's in the shadows that our next book truly thrives. I'm talking about Batman number 105. Now, it's easy to go to a Batman book almost every week when you've got such a great combination of wonderful talents. Maybe that's me just passing it off in some way to say, what else do I have to really talk about? You know that it's James the Fourth. You know that there's a collaboration of the best and the brightest when you've got Carlo Pagulayan and Danny Miki with Alvaro Martinez and Christian Dulce providing the artists. I almost had to take a second breath halfway through that list. But then, keep in mind you've got Colors by David Barrett, Letters by Clayton Cowles, a name you have heard and will probably continue to hear her on the spinner rack. He somehow seems to be matched up with all the best talent. Original cover by Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori with one variant cover by Francesco Matina, a 1 to 25 variant cover by Jimenez, and a story inside that has been building. It's now in part four, this ghost stories narrative and a moment in the history and training of Batman when he meets a potentially kindred spirit who is angered and almost shamed by the fact that Bruce is on a redemption quest, one in which he seeks to avenge and then in the process of avenging the loss of his parents and the crime that took them to then restore Gotham to the heights he believes it once held. The character who is now in the present, the Ghostmaker, has pitted not only Batman, but Harley Quinn against one known as the Clown Hunter, whose identity as Bao was revealed in the previous issue, number 104, and who opens this issue with the opportunity to take out the woman responsible for the death of his parents. This is the path that Batman has been down on his own. It's one that he has sought to alter when it comes to the fate of others, knowing what it cost him, knowing that if he could have found a different way forward, maybe his path would be different too. How does he get through to bow? What is the impact for both the Clown Hunter, Harley Quinn, and Batman? Well, the thing that I love the most is that together, they are part of a changing story when it comes to Batman and the Ghostmaker. At a moment of understanding, they have the chance to change the direction of their story. And the change that they decide to make, I think, is part of setting the tone for upcoming stories. And I'm curious to see if it's something that we will enjoy after the amazing future state has come to a close. That's our next big arc coming our way. And it is suggested that the Clown Hunter story will be continued in other issues ahead. And 
that there is much to be seen in not only the near, but the distant future. Along the way, this has been a really great story that looks back at Batman's history and reminds us that there were not always those cheering, willing, supporting, and that his stubborn resilience is one of the many reasons why he is the Batman. We have come to know, love, fear, and admire in the present. And also, he is that man who continues to be the thing, the ideal, the person that's at the height of aspirations for so many of us. If you're already there, don't tell me your secret identity. I can't guarantee I can keep it safe, but whatever it is you're doing in the world to keep it right, to be a champion of justice, well, keep on fighting. Know that those of us who can have the chance would love to hear, share, and cheer your story. That's my fourth choice, Batman number 105, which means it's time for my fifth and final to wrap up this episode. And for that fifth and final book, I I found myself coming back to Tom King and the amazing work he continues to create in comics. This time around, I'm talking about his work on Warshock number three. You've heard me talk about him already, whether it was Heroes in Crisis or more recently and currently Strange Adventures. In Rorschach, he is once again teamed with an amazing group. His interior and cover artist is Jorge Fornes. Dave Stewart provides really rich, amazingly well-toned colors, just reflective, atmospheric, and because of that, layered with thought, detail, and exquisite craft. A familiar name on the letters by Mr. Clayton Cowles with a really stunning variant cover by Jacques. The thing about a Tom King story is it's many threads woven together from different angles and different places. Now, the opening cover might give you insight into something, but what exactly that is, you're going to have to tell me, because the two pages, no, the three that follow, are as mysterious and cryptic, and then a haunting, tragic history recorded from Hannah, Wyoming, at a time when newspapers were the key form of communication, and were something that provided a record that seemed unimaginable and impossible, even as it was both historic and for any and all purposes believed to be recorded with authenticity and an awareness of that and the responsibility of it. Now there's some ideas suggested regarding who is and isn't Americans and that feeds into the political nature of this story about an assassination attempt, about someone investigating it who begins digging into the story of a character named Laura, one of those who failed in an assassination attempt of candidate Turley, who is gearing up to take down current president, Robert Redford. And Laura has a history that is stunning 
and a great reminder of how Tom King can build such layered, dense, complex characters who are surrounded by eye-opening figures shaping their lives, their ideas, their philosophy, and through that, showing them a mission and a purpose. Laura in this story is composed, brilliant, unapologetic, and unabashed in her desire to be the future her father dreams of. And it's his mission that she undertakes and strives to accomplish. First by following his every wish, and then later in an interesting partnership that is still in the process of being explained. Someone who dresses up in a Rorschach outfit with a mask, who is, if the original versions of this story can be believed, is approximately 80 years old, but was part of an assassination plot, and who, in the reading of this case, is trying to reveal something that should be as clear as day to the person investigating it, and yet at the same time is part of the haunting mystery of these confounding facts that don't, at the moment, really make that much sense. There's something great about mystery, twisted stories, developing plots, and the inanity of things that might not feel relevant until suddenly they become the most important detail that cannot be forgotten, that will never again be overlooked. And we're only in to our third issue, with so much more on the horizon waiting in store I, I love the careful, close, and thoughtful development that is showing us just what it is that, that makes this Rorschach so captivating, so mysterious, and for me, such a perfect choice that I have to be thoughtful every time I include it or have to make the decision to leave it off an episode of The Spinner Rack. That's it, my 5 out of 5 pick here on this fireside edition of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This has been episode number 84. I'd like to thank you for joining me for this and every episode as we're coming closer to the end of 2020. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And if you'd like to go into 2021, making sure you never miss out, then I'm going to highly encourage you to hit that subscribe button on whatever that podcast platform is you're listening on. We're on all the big ones, whether it's Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, and so many more. And so many others. We'd love to hear whatever it is you're listening to. How do you let us know? We make it kind of easy. All you have to do is use the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S, DC Comics News, all together. And when you do, you'll make sure that the entire gang here on whatever platform you've picked, whether it's YouTube or Tumblr or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or more. When you send out that big mass message, we'll all hear what you're saying, get to think more, and share a great conversation with you. Should you have a question, comment, thought specifically for me, go ahead and find me out there. I'm on Twitter as one more singleton. I'm Instagram as set the writer. My dogs, Bruno and Fiji, are much cuter and are often snowing in the background or in this case, drowned out by the crackling fire. 
And then if you just want an adventure, well, type the name Seth Singleton and the word story into a search engine and let me know what you find and how it is we can have a great conversation about it. For now, this has been DC Comics News Spinner Act, episode number 84. And we always have one final reminder before we head off into the wonder. And that is to always read more comics. Have a great night. Until next time.